0: Coming up on today's WAC Podcast, Rachel V. Hill is heading to the bubble in Orlando, and maybe by the time this air she will be in the bubble for the MLS for the Colorado Rapids we'll talk about some of those challenges we'll also talk with Cameron Dietz the assistant strength and conditioning coach at Utah Valley University they have students back on campus Cameron tells us what that looks like and we'll have Rachel's interviews with Destiny Crumpley from Tarleton State and Kelsey Cook of Dixie State to the two newest members of the Western Athletic Conference that's all ahead on the WAC podcast
1: now, swings and he crushes it. Left center field.
2: Warning track wall. Goodbye. Today's
0: episode of the WAC podcast is presented by Hercules Tires. Now, here's your host, Eric Danner. Welcome to the WAC podcast. Eric Danner with you. We're hoping to have Rachel V. Hill in the bubble in Orlando to start uh, this week. We're, we're uh, recording on a Monday. Hopefully, by the time you hear this on Tuesday, she will be in Orlando, but Rachel, uh, a little snafu on your way to uh, Florida here.
2: Yeah, so yesterday morning, Sunday morning, we were supposed to be leaving down to Orlando, you know, get there early, head down there, be able to have dinner in quarantine and quarantine in our hotel rooms. And then uh, we were waiting on some test results to come back. And then when they did, they said we had two test results that were positive. So that put like a halt on us leaving immediately. Um, but they were not exactly sure. They were waiting for clarification because it wasn't like a actual positive. Right. It was, there was possibly some sort of sign for it to be a positive. So it was kind of up in the air. So we all got retested yesterday. Now we're just waiting for test results to come back and hopefully get us on our way down to Orlando.
0: And just so everybody knows, Rachel is is also working for the Colorado Rapids. She'll be in the bubble in Orlando. and. The, uh, the Rapids don't play until Sunday, but I believe action starts on Wednesday with the MLS. Is that right?
2: Correct. Yep. So it'll start on Wednesday, and then we will play Sunday, our first match. It's crazy how late the matches are down there. We don't start until 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time yeah. on Sunday night. It's going to be wild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I would imagine, they, are they playing a number of games on the same field? I mean, I know there's several fields, I believe, down there, but probably a number of games... They're going to be back-to-back-to-back, I would guess, especially on a Sunday.
2: Yeah, so each day that matches happen, there is a 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time start. Then there is an 8 o'clock and a 10.30. So they're trying to avoid the humidity and the heat in the afternoon. So, um, And each group will play on a different day. So like Group D, I believe all of our matches are on Sunday.
0: So that's kind
2: of how that works out.
0: And playing at 10.30 at night, Florida time is 8.30, colorado time and I, I think the group they're in is primarily uh teams in the west and uh sporting kc i think real Salt lake i can't remember the uh, other minnesota team. okay United. so so more west than than some of the other uh teams in the mls
2: yeah and i think the mls did a good job of putting together that schedule i mean that's definitely not easy but i feel like more of the eastern teams are definitely playing like those earlier time slots just to make it a little more bearable uh, for you know your bodies i i am a little nervous about a 10 30 <laughs> start and i'm in the mountain time zone you know because we're not really going to get back until probably like 2 a.m ish maybe not get to our rooms until 3 a.m with like interviews and such right. so I, that's still 1 a.m i'm not used to staying up till 1 a.m so i've been trying <laughs> to like train my body a little bit to stay up later but It'll be fun. I'm really excited for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've gotten all my stuff in one duffel bag, which is incredible. Um, packing six weeks of, of your life into one bag is definitely not an easy gig.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was very impressed. And you can check that out on Rachel's Twitter if you want to see the, the duffel bag. Now, uh, what, what are you doing for footwear there? Because I, I would imagine you want to have a number of uh, shoes, and those are usually the hardest thing to pack
2: yes so i was wearing my tennis shoes and then the rapids were nice enough to send me down another pair of tennis shoes down to orlando so i just have to worry about getting them back which if i'm being honest i noticed that a lot of players were carrying on two duffel bags so i may bring like a smaller (laughs) carry-on yeah just so my bag's not as packed and i can like handle it a little bit better i haven't decided that yet it was kind of one of those things where i was like Oh, if I could have done this, I would have, and now I have the opportunity to. So I've got a smaller duffel bag that I might, it's like a carry-on size. So I may bring it down there just so I'm not shoving everything back in there once we have to come home. Uh, But shoes, I've got two pairs of high heels. um, I brought two pairs of flats, and then I have two pairs of tennis shoes as well. So. Yeah, you know when you have to dress up, and then I'm a relatively short person. I guess mm-hmm. I'm like the average height for a woman, but I'm five four, and so <laughs> some of these players are very tall. So the opportunity to wear heels, I feel like, yeah. is always kind of a must. Uh, but also, I wanted to be comfy, so I was bringing flats as well.
0: That's that's awesome, and so people know you'll be taking a charter flight to Orlando with the team. So it's not commercial like Southwest, where you're, you know, you can bring two bags or whatever. You're you're kind of at the uh, behest of the team what they want you to bring
2: exactly yeah so uh, my one duffel bag like there's no weight limit which is awesome but it weighs 65 pounds at least like i'm sure of it i was trying to carry (laughs) it up the stairs with my dad yesterday when i came back to my apartment and i was like i don't think i could have got this upstairs by myself like it's such a big bag and like so wide and it's just weighed so much but Uh, So that's another reason I'm like, well, maybe I'll bring like the other smaller duffel bag just so I can wheel them both and it'll be fine. But uh, it's yeah, it's been a while. You know, I found out about this opportunity, I think, three weeks ago now Mm -hmm. and just being inside of like the with a team and just how different that kind of is than being like even with a conference it's, it's been an eye-opening experience for me to say the least, but the Rapids have been an incredible team to work with. They, you know, anytime something changes, they personally call me, their GM calls me and he's like, I just want to check in, make sure everything's okay with you. Like if you have any questions, concerns. So it's been a real honor to work with them. They've been an incredible team to work with.
0: Yeah. And as we speak here, I know you have uh, some other uh, things going on with the Rapids there. So we need to kind of uh, speed, I guess, our, our segment along here. So, uh, big thing happening in the WAC this past week, Dixie State, Tarleton State officially joining uh, last Wednesday. We saw all kinds of stuff on social media from both uh, Tarleton and Dixie. And, and you had a chance to talk with, uh, first of all, Tarleton's Destiny Crumpley on Instagram Live. Uh, and then the softball takeover was the next day for the Texans. And and they, uh, they seem really excited about being in the WAC.
2: They do. Destiny did an awesome job with that um, takeover. You know, they showed so much about Tarleton in it. I was going through each of the slides and I was like, wow, they put up like a whole, like it was a good chunk of slides about Tarleton. Uh, One thing I found was super interesting was the purple poo. You know, when I first saw that, I was like, okay, interesting, but this sounds like they might get the GCU Havocs a bit of a hard time out there, so I love to see that, I love when there's like those rivalries that just start starting to begin, Um, and then, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I'm super excited for Tarleton, I know they're a huge football school, but it seems like they are getting ready for the basketball season and every other sport, like they are just a powerhouse, so I'm excited for them to be in the whack.
0: And then the following day, you had uh, Kelsey Kirk from Dixie State, and we, we had a few technical difficulties initially, but uh, we we're able to get that, that interview off as well. And that, uh, both of those interviews, by the way, will be in uh, segment three of the podcast if you want to check those out. But uh, Dixie State equally is, is excited to be in the, in the WAC now.
2: Yeah, they sounded really excited, too. I honestly, I kind of want to travel to St. George, Eric. I'm not going to lie. It sounds beautiful out there. It is. And it sounds like they've got some good Mexican food as well. So Kelsey was awesome. Um, I'm excited for her. She tore her ACL at the end of last season. So she's kind of making her return back to soccer. Uh, And so they made it to the D2 NCAAs last year, the tournament. Uh, So they're excited for an opportunity to obviously just play in the whack and play D1. It's going to be her final season. So I know she's definitely excited about
0: it. And I know you're not a big movie buff, uh, Rachel, but uh, did you ever see High School Musical when you were growing up?
2: Of course I watched High School Musical. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Zach Efron was my childhood crush. (laughs) Okay, so I found
0: out uh, from Jason Booth, the athletic director uh, at Dixie, when we had him on the show, that that was actually filmed in St. George. So, oh, no so you have a little reference point as to what uh, St. George is like, uh, because that was uh, that's one of their claims to fame. And apparently they have like a dozen golf courses, something like that as well.
2: Huh, I had no idea.
0: So it's it's a fantastic part of the country. And I'm excited to get to Stephenville at some point as well as we uh, move forward, uh, hopefully into sports here in the next uh, month and a half or so. Uh, we did hand out uh, some some business from last year handed out the Kearney Awards. The Joe, Joe Kearney, sorry, see, uh, uh, it's my old armac days with Nebraska Kearney. It's Joe Kearney Awards were handed out last week. Nick Gonzalez and Megan Hart from New Mexico State both being honored as the top male and female student athletes in the WAC from the past year.
2: Yeah, both Nick and Megan, incredible recipients for them. Uh, you know, the Aggies sure got to be happy for them to take home both of those awards. Nick Gonzalez obviously going to the Pirates, Pittsburgh Pirates in the MLB. Uh, awesome. He didn't even get to play his final season, but he was very well deserving of that. And then Megan Hart for her to finish out her senior season with the volleyball team. And she took home a bunch of awards as well. Both incredible recipients and both great people as well.
0: Yeah, and the little bit that we did get to see of Nick, uh, in the early part of the season, he was leading the nation in home runs, runs batted in, was well on his way to to Probably, well, who knows? But to probably picking up a WAC Player of the Year, and good to see him honored that way because you feel so bad for those student athletes who didn't get to finish their seasons, uh, especially the spring sport athletes. And Nick, obviously, getting a great opportunity to play for the Pirates, but his New Mexico State year being uh, uh, career being cut short there.
2: Yeah, I honestly it bums me out. I was so excited to see Nick uh, down in Mesa for the baseball tournament. Obviously, with everything happening, I feel like we say this all the time, just safety's first. Obviously, everybody's health is first. But I was really excited about this year's baseball tournament. I felt like there was a lot of great talent that we were going to see, and unfortunately, it just didn't happen our way.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of talent, Gia Pack, New Mexico State, uh, who, who you've had uh, on WAC All Access, uh, I think more than once even. Uh, she, she is uh, signed to play in Slovakia. So congratulations yeah, to she... Gia playing uh, professionally.
2: I was so happy when I saw her tweet about going pro. That's one thing she's always wanted to do. And, you know, for the opportunity for her to do that, it, honestly, it makes me so happy. Gia's one of my favorite people here in the WAC. She has always been so kind to me and always just so passionate about New Mexico skate and the WAC athletic system. So I'm super happy for her. I wish her the best of luck. Hopefully she gets to go over there sometime soon. I don't know when she'll be able to, but just the opportunity to sign a pro contract. I mean, that's that's awesome.
0: And then uh wanted to make a clarification from last week Chicago State uh we uh talked a little bit about their dropping baseball adding men's soccer. They won't play in the WAC until the 2021 season, but they will be playing men's soccer this upcoming fall in 2020. So, I, uh I had misspoke on that. Wanted to make a clarification and uh that'll be uh, quite a quite a task for the Cougars uh, getting ready for the fall season. And of course, we hope we will have fall sports here, uh, as we mentioned in the end of August.
2: Eric, do you know any like update on when they will possibly decide on when that'll happen? Does that have to do with the NCAA making a decision or?
0: I think, I think all of the above, Rachel, Uh, (laughs) uh, everybody's kind of looking to, to the NCAA. uh, But then, each conference, you know, there, there's all kinds of uh, conference calls. I know our ADs are talking uh, once every two weeks and, and sometimes even uh, more than that. Uh, contingency plans are in place. Uh, all those good things. We're seeing various schools and conferences around the country making their own decisions whether or not they're going to be playing in the fall. So I would think within probably the next two, two and a half weeks, we would have some, side of, some sort of start date anyway, as, as far as uh, what it's going to look like in the fall.
2: Well, fingers crossed for some small small sports, as long as everybody can stay healthy. And, you know, of course, health is just obviously the number one, um, the number one priority here. But I would love for some small sports. You know, I'm excited for the soccer tournament down in Orlando, but I miss all of our other sports as well.
0: Well, and I would imagine, you know, looking at what happens with the MLS, with the NBA, with with Major League Baseball, will also be a component as to what college sports are going to look like this fall so Rachel you're going to be ahead of the curve though you might be administering uh, you know some COVID tests you've had them so much you probably know what to do now
2: yeah I've had my fair share of COVID tests (laughs) I've been getting tested every other day now for I believe two weeks which yeah honestly I'm going to be completely honest they're not as bad as people say they are I've had two different ones so I've had one that doesn't go completely up and then I've had one that goes all the way up and They make your eyes water for quite a while, and it feels like you have a dry nose, but they're not as bad as people make them out to be.
0: Yeah, actually, I talked to uh, somebody who actually had COVID over the weekend, uh, over the 4th of July, and she said uh, the one test is 8 inches. The the thing goes in 8 inches, and then the other one's 4 inches, so (laughs) neither one sounds like much fun, Rach.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like want everybody to get it. But if you do have to get it, or you would like to get it, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. I was more nervous, I think, from like, what people had told me about the test. And I was like, Oh, no, this is going to be awful. And then I actually got it. And it wasn't that bad. And they make you feel really comfortable when you're taking it too. they kind of explain what's going to happen. And They tell you to like close your eyes so that you're, I don't know, my guess makes it a little bit easier and you're not watching something get jammed up your nose, but (laughs) uh, it's not as bad as you would think.
0: Well, Hey, Rach, uh, best of luck in Orlando. Uh, Hopefully we'll talk to you next week and you'll be in Orlando. So that'll be fun. And uh, hopefully the, uh, everything goes well there. You stay uh, safe and, and everybody on the team as well. And, and everything goes off well uh, with the MLS there
2: thanks eric uh, hopefully we will be down in orlando i'll give you an update on the humidity and
0: how that's looking <laughs> all right coming up next here on the WAC podcast we're going to talk to cameron deets strength and conditioning coach at utah valley you're listening to the WAC podcast we would like to thank our partners hercules
3: tires ticket smarter and adidas
0: now back to the WAC podcast welcome back to the WAC podcast brought to you by hercules tires we're now joined by cameron deets the assistant strength and conditioning coach at utah valley university cameron welcome to the show
1: hey thanks for having me on
0: cameron uh, first off obviously it's been a a different year for everybody and and all kinds of different capacities in athletics give us an update how, how are things going in orem right now which is which is where you are and and what's uh what's the status of having a student-athletes back on campus
1: yeah. So we've had, uh, we've had student, uh, we've had student athletes back on campus for, um, probably at least, at least the last four weeks, I want to say. Um, so this is kind of week five. Um, we've had, um, everything's voluntary, but we've had, um, men's and women's soccer. Um, I've got a couple golfers, um, baseball players, softball players. I know a handful of basketball teams are back too. So, um, I know that wrestling's doing their off season stuff, big 12, um, I know that track and field's got some people. So just kind of small groups of, you know, people that are here voluntarily. A lot of people live locally, so they, they stay here for the summer. So,
0: Now, what are the rules with student-athletes coming back in terms of strength and conditioning? I mean, everybody always thinks that you just do stuff in the weight room, which you do stuff kind of all over the place. Uh, what are the group sizes? How do you keep uh, student-athletes uh, safe as possible?
1: So right now we've got uh, checks um, every morning or whatever time they come in. So we'll do temperature checks. Um, We've got like symptoms checklists that we go through, have everybody sign in. Um, The coaches and the athletic trainers are here um, throughout their lifts. And we have our like we've got our facial protection. uh, We've got our masks and stuff. Um, The athletes wear their masks in. Um, We uh, require them to like go and wash their hands before they enter the facility. Um, Just kind of leave anything that they've got, maybe in their car or on their hands or anything like that, outside. Um, So then, when they come in, they'll they're they're required to have their masks until we start to exercise. Um, I know that there's been talks of that changing um, when the semester starts because we'll have even bigger groups. But um, right now, we've got seven racks um, in our main weight room, so we're having uh, like no no groups bigger than seven. That way, we're still kind of maintaining social distance. We're still you know, everybody doesn't have to share equipment um, when that's when that's the case and then really the way we've broken it up is like if we've got a bigger group let's say like right now women's soccer's lifting so I think they've got about 14-15 um, girls so half of them will start with their kind of running conditioning agility warm-up stuff like that and then the other half will start in the weight room and then they'll kind of flip halfway through so still trying to do the best that we can with the space that we have um, and just adjusting you know the way that we program the way that we coach the way that we run our weight rooms
0: are they doing those agility and and those kind of workouts outside then do they take turns inside outside so our our
1: main weight room is in our indoor uh turf facility um so the weight room lines up right next to the the 120 yard indoor soccer field um so it's nice as a coach where you can kind of have eyes on both um especially if you're here by yourself or if the you know you've got a, a a bigger group um but We've got a, a, a fence that separates our weight room and uh, separates our field. So,
0: And then I would assume if anybody feels like they're having any kind of symptoms, they they check themselves out.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, most of the time, like, I'll get texts, hey, I'm not feeling great. Um, you know, I'm going to see if I feel better tomorrow or whatever the case is. Um, I've had a handful of people go and get tested just because it was, you know, hey, I've been in contact with somebody that, that just found out that they have it. Um, so I had, I, I had a softball player and three baseball players all go get tested uh, at the end of last week, and all their tests came back negative. Um, so, I mean, when their tests come back negative, they're, they're in the clear to come as long as they're feeling good. So
0: Now, with the lockdown uh, happening mid-March, obviously everything was, was kind of thrown into chaos a little bit there. What, at what point did you start uh, having uh, conversations with student athletes as far as keeping in shape? getting ready for the summer, getting ready for the fall, those kind of uh, conversations?
1: I mean, as soon as everybody went back home, because like the the shutdown happened right when our spring break happened. So most people got on, you know, got on planes or got in their cars or whatever and drove home anyways. Um, and obviously, we didn't know how long that was going to last. We just knew that, you know, the WAC tournament for basketball had gotten kind of canned right there, like right as it was starting. Um, and so... People went home because it was going to be spring break anyways, like they had planned that. And a lot of people just didn't come back. And so um, as soon as they went home, I, I got to work on a program because I didn't know if it was going to be a temporary shutdown. And, you know, like our spring sports, were still going to get to play a tournament. You know, the WAC hadn't announced whether they were going to um, fully cancel the season. They were one of the later conferences to do that. Um, which I think is smart because, you know, if you jump to conclusions and you cancel everything right away and then everything had cleared up, you know, then it's like, okay, well, we've wasted a whole year, right? We wasted a whole, uh, semester for spring sports. So we kind of held out hope that we were still going to have a chance to do it. So people were kind of staying in shape, doing kind of in season lifting where the, you know, the intensity and the volume isn't as high if they have access to a weight room or doing whatever they can at the house. Um, and so as things started to get, you know, appear like they were going to stay canceled and be canceled for real, um, we moved towards a, you know, hey, what can we do from home? What kind of program can we give the athletes to have from home? So I, I try and keep it simple where, you know, we've got our, our movements where, like, we're going to squat, we're going to push, we're going to pull, we're going to hinge and jump and run, and, you know, we're just going to do these athletic things. And so I put together a program, and then on my Instagram, I just – did a couple videos of those workouts with stuff around my house. So, you know, I filled a backpack with books, um, about 75 pounds of books, and I was holding my 65 pound dog and I was doing my squats. And so like I, I made the video and I put it on Instagram and people were like, you know, Hey, I don't have a, you know, Hey, I don't have a dog. It's like, okay, well, what do you have? Like, let's figure out what you have. Like, let's, let's figure out what we can do. Not what we can't do. Hey, I can't do this. I don't have a barbell. Hey, I can't do this. I don't have, you know, whatever the case is, let's figure out what you can do. Um, and, and go from there. So you know, hopefully, hopefully the athletes have been, have been doing it. I, I try and keep in touch with them. Um, I've got about a hundred athletes to myself, so i trying to stay in touch with them. I, you know, they all have my number, they all know how to reach me. So if they ever need anything, um, you know, when Jim started to open back up, people reached out to me, Hey Cam, what weight should I start at? I haven't lifted in a while, you know, and it's, it, it's just, just getting back into it, doing the best that we can to, to get ahead of the curve when we're able to come back.
0: So with student athletes coming back, and we're talking with Cameron Dietz from Utah Valley, when they started coming back, uh, were they in similar shape that you would normally see in a summer? Did you see some that maybe were in better shape, some that maybe weren't as in good a shape, or, or is it kind of down the middle when they came back on campus?
1: Uh, you, you'll see a lot of both. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that I tried to do is have everybody start to sprint because speed is one of the first things that you'll lose, um, like athletic quality wise. Um, so I wanted to make sure that they continue to sprint if they could. I've got a baseball guy that lives in New York and they and in New York, they were like locked down hard. So I'm not sure how much he's even been able to sprint. But I know that he has some stuff around his house, pull up bar, stuff like that where I know he's been doing what he can. And if we can't have him sprint legitimately, maybe we can have him. I mean, like he sent me videos of him running down the hall, like in his apartment, you know? So just adjusting to, you know, like I said, what do you have or what can you do rather than making excuses, not doing anything. For the people that have come back, I mean, I've had some people come back uh, staying about the same strength. I've had some people come back weaker, but they're in good shape because they've been running. Um, And and doing some more distance um, things, but they've lost some strength because they haven't been able to lift weights. But, you know, the sooner that the athletes can get back or get back in the weight room and just get back to the basics and follow our, you know, our basic progression, the better off they're going to be for when the semester starts. So, you know, it's just trying to encourage something, encourage something's better than nothing. You know, I don't want a bunch of keyboard or, or thumb warriors playing call of duty for the baseball guys or you know some of the girls just not you know doing as much but you know as, as long as they're doing something you know i i that's all i can ask for at this point
0: now how much uh, communication do you have with the coaches then especially when uh, when the student athletes weren't on campus are there specific things the coaches were hoping to to have them their players do uh to get back into shape or to get in maybe a different kind of shape and how do they communicate with you and how do you communicate with them
1: Um, so early on, we had, um, early on, like I said, we were, we were trying to maintain game shape, right? So most, most of the, four of the five sports that I have are all spring sports. Um, so it was trying to just maintain like, Hey, like if it's on, if we're, if we come back, we're ready to go, like, what can we do to keep the, keep the athletes ready to go? Right. Um, and then as that progressed, it's like, okay, like we're looking towards next year, you know, and. For me, if i 'm looking towards the next year i don't want to jump back into things you know lifting five times a week or you know running every day or whatever the case is I wanted to ease back into it because you know really in the grand scheme of things i've got you know a ten month off season for some of these sports you know starting in March so i did not want to start too early by doing too much, and really that communication with the coaches has been you know I've had phone calls with all my coaches we'll, we'll text we've had uh, zoom calls I know men 's soccer we were doing weekly and biweekly meetings with all the players so that if they had questions, they could ask if, if we had things that we were trying to give them, if, you know, we needed to communicate with them, we could communicate with them. So I know the athletic trainers are reaching out to everybody once a week. So if any, you know, we've always been able to have a really good conversation between the sport coach, between the athletic trainer, between myself. And so, you know, just, just having that contact so that they know that they're not in this alone, you know, and that's the last feeling that we want the athletes to have is, you know, I'm out here in, in, you know arkansas and i'm by myself and i haven't heard from anybody and i don't know if we're coming back to school in august or you know whatever the case is so just trying to keep all of us in contact with the players and with each other too
0: talking with cameron deets from utah valley and you mentioned that the facilities a little bit earlier cameron um describe to us what you have there at utah valley maybe versus uh, some other schools you've been at
1: So here we've got, um, our, our largest weight room is seven racks here inside the training dome, uh, inside the indoor turf field. It allows us to use field space and use the weight room space at the same time. I, I use a lot of different, um, contrast sets in my, in my training. So it gives me a ton of space to do medicine ball throws out on the field where the, you know, the ceilings 50 feet in the air. So I don't have to worry about anybody throwing a a ball through the roof or anything like that. Um, So, you know, it allows us to have some good space out here. We've got five racks in the baseball weight room. Um, The only time that we ever use that really is when we have uh, like in season baseball guys that need to lift at a different time um, than that morning group lift. Um, It's smaller, so I can't get all the baseball guys in there and they work better. They kind of thrive off each other working in a big group. So if I can get all 35 of them in the weight room here, I'd rather do that. Um, but we have five racks over there at the baseball stadium, and then the uh basketball weight room has three racks right now, so men's and women's basketball is using that. They've also got their indoor practice court there at the Nuvi training center um and then I believe there are some uh there's some training space out by the track and field as well, kind of they call it the shed, but they've got some free weights out there also that they'll use um especially in season because they're outdoor in their outdoor season.
0: The people haven't been to Utah Valley. Uh, been there several times since uh, joining the WAC. it's it 's a pretty unbelievable setting there that you have in orem in uh, you growing up in Colorado obviously used to the mountains but uh maybe not quite uh, like they are there in orem yeah
1: it's you know the the biggest difference is um the the mountains here go from, you know, we're elevations is 4,500 feet. And then we're in the valley and everything around us, the mountains instantly shoot up to like 9,000 feet. So they look way bigger, even though there are more like, there aren't any 14ers like there are in Colorado to like hike and kind of, you know, notch off your bucket list. But they look bigger here. And it's, an, I mean, one of my favorite views is the uh, is the backdrop behind the baseball stadium. And, um, you know, you look out to left field and, and the, the sun's setting on, on the mountain range out in left field. And it's, uh, it's, it's a really cool place to live, a lot of outdoor stuff to do if, if that's kind of the, the things that you like to do. So,
0: And uh, you growing up in Colorado, you played some, some college baseball as well. At what point did you decide, uh, this is the path I want to go down being a strength and conditioning coach?
1: Um, so I knew really early on that I wasn't talented enough to play professional baseball. I mean, it was a you know my kid dreamed to to go play pro ball, but I just knew that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, and so I started thinking about uh, probably my my I so I wrote for the I wrote for the school newspaper. I was like the sports guy, I guess, and uh, I loved sports journalism. It was it was I, dead set that's what I wanted to do. And when I got to undergrad, I thought for sure that I was going to do journalism or some kind of English and then get into journalism. And um, through, you know, as being an athlete, I, I was working out and I had a, a, a TA that I took an intro to weights class with at um, UCCS, Joe Todd. He was an awesome influence really early on. And, and I really enjoyed, you know, learning how the, how the body adapts to certain stimulus and how exercise and can change your physiology and make you better, you know, it can make you better athlete. You get, you get stronger doing this, you get more powerful doing this, you, you can get faster and you know you can always... The weight room and, and strength finishing, running, all that stuff, it all combines together into this one big idea that, that you can always elevate yourself. You can always do something to get better. And so that's something that I really enjoyed. And um, now it's kind of my passion to you know help elevate others, help elevate the athletes that I work with. I want to, you know, if I get a, a freshman that comes in, I want to help them make the starting lineup and then I want to help them you know, win whack, player of the year. And then I want to help them, you know, get drafted, go play major league baseball. You know, I never got the chance to. So the more guys that I can help get there in any way that I can, you know, that's that's my goal. That's what I, I live for.
0: And when you say UCCS, that's University of Colorado. Colorado Springs, a place I know very well. And Cameron, uh, being a coach now, um, do you see yourself as a, as a motivational type coach? Do you have to get after student athletes uh, what, what are some of your approaches to help them become the best uh, student athletes they can be? I think I think
1: from what I've seen from the guys that I've worked for guys and girls that I've worked for I think when you're a strength leadership coach the best thing you can do is be a chameleon so I want to be adaptable so you know if baseball I need to be a little bit more um, stern with them at times then I can do that and softball if we're gonna have more fun and I can joke around with them, Yeah, I want to be able to do that. And golf's a little bit more laid back, but maybe women's golf and men's golf need something different. And men's soccer, you know, brand new program to the weight room for us at least in starting in January. And so, you know, being able to adapt and adjust and be um, be what the team needs, be what the coaches need. I don't want to be rigid and and stern, and I don't want to be carefree and lax when they may need something else. So, um, I think that you get to know the athletes, you get to know the team and that culture, and then you do the best you can to complement the, the sport coach. You know, if it comes down from the top and the sport coach wants, you know, whatever, whatever they may want, um, you got to be able to deliver that. And sometimes that message needs to be this way, or sometimes it needs to be another way. So just kind of being adaptable and, and ready to uh, be what they need.
0: Also Cameron, now when you watch games, do you watch it differently? Are you looking for different things that, that you can help the student-athletes with? I, I
1: try sometimes to, to relax and watch and just be a, be a fan and just be, you know, a fan of the players and stuff. But I always find myself watching and looking and watching how people move. You know, and so movement's a huge piece of what we do. And especially when you start to add resistance, add weight, you know, and so if somebody moves really well in the weight room, hopefully it translates to the field and, um, or the court. So, um, I always find myself watching how people move. Um, I go to practices to take notes on, you know, kind of things that I see, whether I think somebody isn't being efficient the way that they're fielding ground balls or um, if somebody, you know, in golf, if they're rotating, you know, less through their T spine and more through their low back. And that's just something that we, you know, over time is going to be a bad thing. So I always find myself being like a physiologist, you know, my, my master's degree was in exercise physiology. And so I kind of go to the kinesiology and the biomechanics and see how people move and stuff like that. But I, I try and just be a fan I try to go as many games and practices as I can because, you know, I want to see the athletes in their element.
0: Talking with Cameron Dietz and Cameron, uh, one of the uh, other things I was thinking about here, uh, you mentioned lifting your dog as, as part of your workout. If people wanted to, did you have that on video somewhere? Can we get that a YouTube link or what?
1: I do. It's well, so it's on my Instagram. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's in there. I think it's the first, the the first picture, like the little thumbnail picture should be me holding a dog with a backpack or, uh, I know there's another one where I'm holding like a 40 or 50 pound bag of dog food too. So, you know, just, just search through the Instagram, you'll find some, you'll, you'll find some interesting things. I, you know, I always, I always tell my athletes, I'm more active on Instagram than Twitter. Um, but I, the athletes like to see themselves on Instagram you know, and they like to see, you know, the highlight video or the, you know, I recently I put together all the numbers from before and after the semester and kind of, you know, what our verticals were and how they improved and stuff like that. And, and you know, they like to see that, you know, they like to, you know, be able to show maybe guys that they played with in high school that now they're playing against, um, you know, guys that are in different conferences than them, you know, maybe if it's some family, they like to, they like to, you know, they just like to see themselves online. So, you know, I try and use social media as something to, um, you know, promote them, you know, and let them get to see themselves and they can share it and you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what I, that's why I think, that's why, that's why I use my social media for. I try and promote them. So.
0: Do you see some other positives besides being able to work out with your dog, being creative like that or some, some other positives that have come out of the, the pandemic here?
1: Um, I, I think the biggest positive from the pandemic for me has been um, how, it, hopefully people are going to start to realize how important Um, taking care of themselves are and it can be as simple as just like consistently washing your hands cleaning your phone and keys like those are now a bigger deal but you know it's important to take care of yourself it's important to eat right it's important to get enough sleep all those things because you know, you're, you wear yourself down between being an athlete, having classes and working out and going to practice and having a boyfriend, a girlfriend that, and friends and a social life, all that stuff. Those are all stressors that just kind of wear you down. And and so the things that you can do to kind of build yourself back up is take care of yourself, eat right, sleep enough, um, you know, do some meditating, do some yoga. I've, I've been given the softball girls early on. We were doing a bunch of yoga and I've sent them out videos and stuff to do. So, you know, just, just the, the the importance of taking care of yourself and 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 how that can pay off. I know that I know that it seems kind of hard right now to think about that, but um, I think that's it. That's the biggest takeaway, hopefully, that people take from this. Not just you know, wham, you know, the world's not fair. Life stuff, you know, you know, adapt to it. You know, you can't control what people are going to throw at you, and you can't control pandemics and coronavirus, and you can't control these things. So learn from it, adapt from it, and be better from it.
0: Well, Cameron, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. We look forward to hopefully seeing you in the fall at some point here, and, and good luck with the rest of the summer.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, that is Cameron Dietz from Utah Valley coming up next. We're going to have Rachel's interviews with Destiny Crumpley from Tarleton State University and Kelsey Cook of Dixie State University. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is presented by Hercules Tires now back to the whack podcast welcome back to the whack podcast eric Danner. reminding you that hercules tires is the official tire of the western athletic conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value whatever the vehicle whatever the terrain hercules tires invites you to ride on our strength for a retailer near you visit hercules tires.com rachel Hill had a chance to catch up with a couple of student-athletes this past week as both Tarleton State and Dixie State became official members of the WAC on July 1st. She had Destiny Crumpley, a TSU softball player, on WAC All Access. Here's how that interview sounded.
2: Looks like she is officially joining. We're going to give it another second. Perfect. There she is. Destiny, how are you? good how are you doing i'm doing well first of all welcome
4: to the WAC what's the hype around tarleton like joining the WAC it's so exciting like it honestly feels like a dream we're so excited
2: perfect and where are you located at right now
4: i'm in stephenville actually at the moment
2: okay so did, have you been there the entire time since all this covid uh pandemic went around
4: yes i've been down here the whole time
2: okay so and where are you from originally
4: i'm from little elm texas it's up in the
2: dfw area Very nice. And so I know you went to Arkansas Tech, I believe, before you went to Tarleton. So what made you transfer over to Tarleton?
4: Um, I wanted to be closer to home first and foremost. Um, Arkansas Tech was about six hours from me. This is only about two. So my parents were able to come to more games. And I also um, liked the school a little better as well. So um, Arkansas Tech was great, but I definitely love Tarleton.
2: So we're excited to get to know Tarleton. So I guess from your point of view, what's something that some fans may not know about Carlton?
4: Um, our traditions are really big here, especially an organization called the Purple Poo. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're spirit organization. Come to like all the games and really pump us up. They also come to our practice sometimes and play BP with us, which is a lot of fun. So play against them, so it just brings a lot of um, positive energy.
2: Carlton feel more like home because we have people that support. Okay, so who gave them the name, the Purple Poo? Because that's, you know, that's a unique name for sure.
4: Um, honestly, I'm not too sure who gave, who gave them around. around. If I'm correct, it's the oldest spirit organization in Texas. Um, so it's just really fun. They reveal themselves whenever they're done and moving on. So it's really cool to see who's under the mask. We don't know until after they're done. So it's just really cool to see who's been there supporting us. What are some other traditions that are huge at Tarleton? Homecoming week is huge. We do um, purple pancakes. So during that week we go to the calf and like it's a midnight breakfast and the pancakes are purple which is a lot of fun. We do um, our football games are huge. Literally our uh, tailgates are a lot of fun. So during homecoming week we do a big bonfire too the Friday before the game. It, they basically start uh, working on it before school starts and they have it ready for October so it's massive,
2: a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, our home company with a huge. Awesome. and Huge fan bases here at the WAC New Mexico State, GCU, CBU, UTRGD. We all have great fan bases. So, what about Tarleton will make them stand out?
4: Well, our fans are amazing, first and foremost, especially for our football crowd. We literally pack the stadium, get there super early, tailgate, get ready. And when we play away as as well with football, we do have a lot of fans going to support. So I can only imagine with us moving up and just getting that much stronger. Um, our presence is going to be known for sure. So we're very excited. For you as a fifth-year
2: senior playing softball, obviously I'm sorry about your last season, not the way I'm sure you expected it to end. But with the opportunity to play again next spring, what are you most excited about?
4: I'm excited to get the opportunity to play at a higher level first and foremost and to get Another year with my team. We have a lot of new people coming in, but also the girls here. We all have a very strong bond, so I'm excited to get to experience that with some new scenery too, at some new schools. It's just exciting to get another year to play, especially for the three other seniors that haven't come back and didn't have the opportunity to. I hold a lot of not know that I was playing, but I'm excited to get to play. with.
2: Well, first of all, I've noticed a lot of alumni have been very passionate about Carlton. We get a lot of them hopping on to, one, congratulate you. You know, we got a lot of Go Texans here in the comments right now, but also just on social media. So what have alumni meant to you now that you're a student-athlete there and, you know, you've been playing there for a couple seasons? It's just – it's just a great pride. I'm going to have you repeat what you just said because I lost all the audio right there. Fine. It's
4: just having a lot of – it's a – great pride being from this university because I haven't met anybody that is an alumni that didn't love Tarleton or didn't have a great experience and I know with me graduating in August and coming back for my master's I just feel a a great deal of pride for this university not only in athletics but is with my education as well so.
2: And what will you be studying for your master's? I'm
4: going to be doing social media management. My major is fashion studies so I want to do like an online boutique and be able to manage my own so that's what I plan on doing and I did like Tarleton because fashion was something relatively new that got added. So a lot of universities, especially at the deep 2 level, didn't have that and now that we're deep one I do feel like our fashion program with those bigger universities.
2: Female entrepreneur, I love it! And I know big Texas thing is food, so tell me, what is the best type of food to have down on the Tarleton campus? Well, I work at a restaurant called The Purple
4: Goat. It is a bar and grill. It's amazing food. I definitely recommend come down. We have, like, an outdoor patio. There's batting cages. There's a soccer goal for the kids to play at a playground. And it's just an overall atmosphere. Um, also, we have a place called Casa Azteca. It's the best Mexican. So it's a great, great place to eat Mexican food. So it, it, we definitely have options. Those are my two favorites.
2: <laughs> what is the weather like down there right now? Right
4: now, it's really sunny. It's beautiful. It's, it's a great day. It's a great day for some ball. I wish we were out
2: playing, but... <laughs> of course. How, what are you doing to stay in shape? I mean, obviously, I'm sure this is not how you expected your summer to go at all.
4: No, not at all. We are all working on our own right now. Uh, we have sessions where we're able to go train, but obviously, there's protocol in line and things that we have to follow. So, it's limited numbers at
2: different... Okay. anybody that is watching if you have any questions about Tarleton drop them in the comments we're going to be getting around to those in just a second we did get a couple other questions on social media that I want to ask you Destiny and you know people are asking if you were a student athlete in high school why would you want to go to Tarleton I know we've kind of touched base on that but if you were a younger version of yourself why would you want to go to Tarleton
4: because not only are the sports amazing every sport we have is very competitive kind of a Smaller town, but with that, everybody's so big. So it's really fun. Though so everybody has
2: a lot of pride. And if there's a team in the WAC that you're looking to play most against, who would you say that would be? I would say New Mexico
4: State. I'm, um, um, so we'll see. They, they're a very competitive team. So I'm excited to see how we back up against. I feel like we we have a very good spot going the WAC, and,
2: Awesome, Destiny. Well, we appreciate you. I know you're also going live here on the WAC Instagram tomorrow, so do you have any big plans for
4: that? Well, I'm just going to have y'all meet some of our team, also give y'all some shots of campus, and let y'all meet some of our strength coaches tomorrow, and um, just give you more of a feel for what we, what Charlton visually looks like, as well as some more of our team.
2: Awesome. Well, we look forward to it, Destiny. Thank you so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it, and welcome to the WAC. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to everybody else who joined. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
0: We are very excited to have Tarleton State as a member of the Western Athletic Conference. The following day, Rachel V. Hill had a chance to interview Kelsey Cook, a soccer player for Dixie State University. Here's what that interview sounded like
2: Kelsey, can you hear me now?
3: Yes, I can.
2: Perfect. Good. I'm glad. Third time's always the charm, I swear. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Perfect. All right. Well, so we know you're on vacation right now. But when you uh-huh. go back to St. George, what will you be doing? Do you even know when you will possibly be going back?
3: Um, I'll be going back in about a week after I'm back in Utah. Um, and just I think we can start using our weight room now and stuff. So I'll just be doing that, lifting weights, getting ready with some teammates too. Um, just getting ready for season because we start we're supposed to start on August 3rd.
2: All right. So, what's kind of the hype around going D one right now?
3: Um, everyone's just super excited. Um, yeah, it's just it's crazy because Dixie's just growing a ton, and um, so yeah, everyone, especially all the athletes, are just super pumped that we're going D one now. It's huge, so we're excited.
2: And what's the student body population out there at Dixie?
3: Um, it's about nine thousand. So,
2: relatively s- smaller school, but Small, still big yeah. in pride, right?
3: Yeah, uh-huh, for sure. And I think the fa- it's the fastest growing in Utah, so it's definitely growing. And more and more students are coming each year. But yeah, for right now, it's pretty small.
2: Awesome. Now for you, is there anything or any team you're really excited to play this year? Um, I am excited for
3: UVU. And I think most girls are just because it's, you know, that in-state rival. And we've never played them um, like in spring season or anything. Um, And like I know a lot of the girls and I think a lot of girls on my team know a lot of girls that play there. So it's kind of a fun rivalry.
2: Now, is there any place you're really excited to travel to?
3: Um, I don't think we're going to Seattle this year, but I was excited for that. So the girls next year, that'll be fun for them. Absolutely. And
2: what are your kind of future plans looking like? Graduation? uh, What would you like to do here in the future?
3: Um, I would like to look into coaching after I graduate cuz I do that right now. Um, and I kind of want to look into doing a graduate school program and then also doing like a GA and assistant coaching and seeing if I like coaching at the college level or just in general. Um, but other than that, I am studying business and my minor is graphic design, so if anything, I'd like to get a job doing graphic design. Graphic design is tough, mm-hmm. man.
2: I give you all so much props because <laughs> that is, like, no joke.
3: Yeah, it's fun, but yeah. it's hard, yeah. Oh,
2: I guess over the past couple of years that you've been playing, if there's, like, one big tradition for Dixie, what would you say that is?
3: One big tradition. Hmm. Um, something I remember that we do every year as a team is, like, our Halloween or treat thing is really big. We all dress up. And so that's always really fun, something that we do as a team.
2: And how would you describe the atmosphere in the St. George area around Dixie?
3: Um, The community is really supportive of Dixie. It's really fun because it's, um, there's not much around St. George, like it's kind of Cedar City and St. George. And so all the, everyone that lives in St. George is really supportive and like there's a lot of dixie spirit in the dixie community so that's really fun do you have any type of student groups that are really like gung-ho um yeah we've got uh the stampede what they is what they call themselves and so they're like the the student section they come to most of our games and all the football games basketball games and they've always got they're all dressed up and they're super fun
2: for possible student athletes, maybe that are still in high school, what's a big reason that why you went to Dixie? Um,
3: I went to Dixie um, mostly because of where it is. Um, it's super. It's a super fun place. It's hot, but um, especially if you like outdoorsy stuff, there's a ton to do in St. George. And for me, it was far enough away from home that I got away, but it's still close to home for me and. It's just a really fun atmosphere, and it's a small school, so you get to know a lot of people, um, but there's still a good amount of people. It's, it's a fun school.
2: All right, Kelsey Cook from Dixie. If you have any questions and you're watching this, drop them in the comments. We want to ask uh, Kelsey any questions that any of you may have about Dixie as well. Now, one of the big things I love about traveling, Kelsey, is food. So what's the best food to eat on campus?
3: On campus. ooh, we just got a Chick-fil-A on campus. So that's probably my favorite place to eat on campus. Um, There's a couple places right next to campus. Um, Honolulu Grill, really good Hawaiian food. Um, But yeah, on campus, definitely Chick-fil-A. Now, what about
2: in the area? I know you just
3: mentioned Honolulu Grill, but is Uh there any other
2: main restaurants?
3: Um, as far as, like, chains go, we've got everything in St. George, um, but then there's a few places unique to St. George. A lot of people like Durango's, Mexican food, um, there's a really good Peruvian chicken place, um, and then we've got some sushi, Sakura, Benja's, those are some good places too.
2: Awesome. Okay, so one of the questions we got is, what does your pregame music consist of?
3: <laughs> um, well, our team's favorite song this last year was Baby I'm Yours. Um, I don't know. Everyone's probably heard it. It's a fun one, but that's our team's favorite song. That's what really gets us pumped.
2: Awesome. And what about for you? Is there one song that you have to listen to no matter what?
3: Um Oh, I'm trying to think. Just anything rap hardcore rap music that gets me pumped
2: (laughs) now for you specifically you know being your last season what are you looking forward to most
3: um I well I tore my ACL so I'm just looking forward to playing again um but really just finishing out my time here at Dixie and with um my best friends on the team and just playing our last it's crazy that it's my last season of soccer ever. So I'm just super excited about that, but it's sad too. Would you ever want
2: to go pro if you could?
3: Um, if, yeah, I probably would if I could.
2: And how is the recovery for your ACL? I'm so sorry to hear about that.
3: Um, it's going good. I've, I'm like seven, eight months out almost. So I'll be ready to go right when season starts, but it's been tough um definitely been a long process um but it's going good getting starting to play soccer again so that's fun
2: good well I'm so happy to hear that and I look forward to seeing you play this fall hopefully uh with COVID we do have a season but Kelsey I really appreciate you I'm sorry about the technical difficulties but it's all good Hopping on thank you thanks for having me no problem all right thank you to everybody else who hopped on as well we appreciate your time
0: Thank you, Rachel. That was a, a fantastic look at both Dixie and Tarleton State. We want to thank Destiny Crumpley and Kelsey Cook for taking some time out for those interviews. We also want to thank Cameron Dietz for joining us on the show today, and we want to thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast.
3: Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and check out our website at WACSports.com.